Hi there, everybody. My name is Marty Balmer. I am the editor and a cast member on this brand new podcast, Wayfaring Strangers. You might be asking yourself, what is Wayfaring Strangers? Uh, what's Wayfaring Strangers? Well, good thing. I'm here to tell you. This is a brand new Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast hosted by members of Iowa indie prog rock group Winter Wayfarer. If you'd like to find out more about Winter Wayfair and listen to our music, you can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, all those things. You can find us on Facebook at Winter Wayfair, Instagram, Winter Wayfair Music, and Twitter at Winter Wayfair. Our first campaign is being DM'd by our bassist, Ryan, and the players are myself, Colin, Jake, and Eldon, beginning in episode two. We've been working on this for about a year, maybe a little over a year now, and we are very excited to finally be able to put it out and share it with all of you. But before we do, there's a few people we really want to thank. First, I want to give a huge shout out to Ryan, who uh, DM'd for the first time, the very first time, with this campaign, which is a lot of pressure that uh, I don't think any of us really considered at the time, but he is doing a fantastic job, and I hope you all love his work, because we certainly do. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Colin, who has helped me with the editing process, has uh, done some music for the show as well, so big shout out to Colin. Uh, I also have a couple artists I want to thank, uh, Tia. Uh, T Art on Instagram, that's T I I I, that's three eyes, Art, uh, did the character art for our party, which you can see if you go on our Instagram. Uh, and also Zinnia at Original Zin on Twitter did our logo and other sort of branding art, which is also amazing. You can find all those at our social media pages on Facebook at Wayfaring Strangers Podcast, on Instagram also at Wayfaring Strangers Podcast, and on Twitter at Wayfarer D&D Pod. With all those things out of the way, we're glad you're here. Strap in and enjoy Wayfaring Strangers Podcast. Welcome to the world of calamity. pierces through the thick, almost solid fog as it becomes one with the sea below. Nothing new, this, it always rains in Dahesho. The fog, however, is new. Nevertheless, uh, a little cloud in the air is nothing to impede the big haul of the night. At least that was Fisherman William Plunk's mentality. Tonight was as calm as any. That's if you don't mind the rain, of course. Something was, for a lack of better term, though, off. It wasn't just the fog that seemed to creep its way into town. It was something much worse for a man like Willie. He had been on the dock for hours now, and all he had been able to catch were loose, thrown-away papers from yesterday's printing. 
At this rate, I will not even have a minnow to feed my boys, he proclaimed to himself angrily as he reeled in yet another piece of trash. With a sigh of defeat, Willie recovered his line and stood up from the dock. What was he going to tell his boys? They barely had enough silver to pay for the rent. How was he going to feed his family? It was then that bubbles surfaced from the front of the dock, about 20 feet out in the water. The sound of bubbles surfacing and breaking into the night sky was like music to Willie's ears. At the moment, at the very moment at least, maybe he could catch a meal for his boys. He was used to skipping a meal or two if it meant his kids were fed. With his newfound determination, Willie placed his best bait on the line and cast it out to sea. And then it all happened in a flash. It was almost as if something reached out from the salty water below and grabbed Willie by the boot. He was too focused on his prey and had no time to react. With a quick pull, he was yanked in, hitting his head on the dock, knocking himself out before he even reached the water. A few more bubbles broke the surface, and then it was still. There we are. We now see the opening gates of Daheisho. Sometime after, we can suppose. Though it's mostly raining on in this port town, it's actually quite sunny, with a few clouds overcasting, as if the sun is just beaming through the holes of the clouds. Near the entrance, just outside the front gate, sits a booth where a guard would normally be posted. In his absence, a sign reads, Gone Fishing. Be back soon. A relieved grin perks from the mouth of the town's new visitor. The last thing she needed was to explain another made-up story to another man in clad. Without any complications, the young woman makes her way to the gates of Daheisho. Colin, introduce your character. Okay, her name is Ruri, even though the spelling does not indicate that. She's 17 years old. She um, is is purposefully pretty average looking. She doesn't want to raise any attention anywhere she goes. She tries to stay on the down low. Brown hair, pale skin, bright green eyes. She's wearing... Um, Again, like I said, pretty average clothing, um, kind of earthy tones and um, nothing too baggy, nothing too tight fitting, um, just a lot to blend in. And that's that's about the uh, that's about the look. Cool. Upon first glance, the town seems quite small. And upon a second glance, it's quite small not a very big town. It possesses no real prominent features. It looks like it's just as it seems. Pleased with how quiet the town is, Ruri begins walking down the cobblestone road leading to the few buildings belonging to small businesses, and I mean few. By the looks of it, these are the only businesses actually in the town. The music change was funny. <laughs> Ruri thinks to herself that this is exactly the place that she needs to settle for the time being. 
She looks to her left and sees a market that is just plainly called Fish Market. Seems to be painted on with on just a plank. Right past that is a place called Patty's Convenience. Seems to be a convenience store. And then across the street from there is where she's looking for. The Stillwater Inn. The seemingly only inn slash tavern slash bar slash whatever you name it in this town. She looks through her belongings to count her change. Only two silver pieces. Just enough to either grant her a meal or a bed to sleep in for the night. But not both. It doesn't seem to bother her much, though. She has her own ways of accumulating currents. The inside of the inn has a sort of rustic mm-hmm. hospitality to it. Inside, there are a couple of patrons, but not as many as you would expect for the only tavern in town to have. To the left is the bar, and stood behind it is a tall, middle-aged man. He's human. He's got a gruff five o'clock shadow, cropped black hair, very tired eyes, and he has a cleft lip. Not the friendliest face you've seen. (laughs) The only... uh, The only patrons that seem to be in the tavern are a dwarf with very unkempt hair and raggedy beard, two older elven ladies with long white hair, and finally a human man wearing a guard's uniform, probably the one that's supposed to be at his post in the front of the town. Upon closer inspection, I won't even make you roll for it. You can definitely tell these people do not have much money on them, if any. Just as Ruri is about to leave disappointed, one more patron emerges from the washroom. A black-haired Khajiit. Jake, uh, explain your character. Okay. Like you said, he is a Khajiit. Um, also a tabaxi monk. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, I guess tabaxi, not Khajiit. Yeah. I was thinking of Skyrim. Yeah. He is... Obviously, with feline characteristics, and he is jet black hair all over his body, uh, very simple clothing, but clothing that you would kind of gather that he might be kind of a simple or holy man. Other than that, he's about 6'2", he has gold piercing eyes, and he's 33 years old. Cool. Rory. Oh, before that. And his name is Zario? Yeah. As he emerges from the washroom, Zario reclaims his seat and continues to drink. Where is your seat? Are you saying, do you think you would be in the back or in the front or in the middle? In the back. Okay. So he sits back down in the in the back of the tavern. And uh, Rory, it seems that Zario, you have a keen eye for uh, coin purses. And his is a little thicker than the rest. The only person here with a drop of wealth on his person. And this is where I'm going to drop you off. Colin, you know that you need a place to sleep and food in your stomach. And you do not have enough money for both. Okay, so Jake's character is the only one that I see so far? 
You see the other four. There's five people in this oh, okay. uh, tavern. The barkeep, who has the uh, tall, tired-looking guy with the cleft lip. There's a dwarf with unkempt hair. Uh, two older elven ladies that seem to be just gossiping to each other. And a human man wearing guard uniform who seems to be passed out. <laughs> gotcha. For lack of a better word, like in, kind of towards the front of the bar. Okay. Well, I'm going to walk up to... Um, and I just walked in, right? Yes. No, you didn't get any to... weird looks or anything. Do I know how much money I have on me right now? You have two silver pieces. Okay. I. There's a thing where, like, um, you have a certain amount of wealth based on your class, and I, that's what I gave to Jake. Jake, if you actually look at your currency, it should be higher than what I think you had before. Oh, really? Uh, for narrative purposes, Colin, I only gave you two silver pieces. Yeah. You have two silver pieces. That's enough for either a meal or a night at the inn. Okay. Not both. And you notice that all the patrons don't really have any cash on them except for this uh, tabaxi in the back. Mm. Okay. They, I mean, they might have cash, but it's going to be like a few copper pieces. Um, I'm going to go up to whomever I'm supposed to go to to get a night at this inn. That would be the barkeep. Uh, he's kind of turned around, fixing a drink, and uh, turns to you. He says, Hey, Missy, what can I do for you? Hello. Um, could I purchase a room and before... Before you answer that, is there a way that I could get something to drink if I can purchase a room? Well, we do have a room upstairs. That will cost you two silver pieces for the room. Okay, I... That that can work. Um, is there any way I could get some water as well, or...? Water's on the house. And he okay. turns around, washes his hands and grabs a just a cup straight from this faucet that he's got rigged no there's no uh what's the freaking thing called the filter or whatever no filters straight tap water and he hands it to you thank you you don't look to be from around here but then again it seems that the show seems to be getting more and more tourists not much to see don't know why you come here where are you from? Um, uh, not from anywhere necessarily. Just uh, not really passing through. I might make a home for myself here. Um, but for the time being, this is where I am. I I just just arrived. Um, well, if you got the coin, then Daisha is quite the place to make a home. Most of all the uh, real estate prices have gone very far down ever since, well, the drought. I see. Um, is there anything else that I need to do uh, for you with this room other than other than pay you, of course? Nope, once you hand me the silver, I can give you the key and show you to your room. All right. Here you go. Looks like I'll be seeing you around. Thank you again. And he, he takes the silver, uh, sticks. He has like a kind of apron on, and there's like a pocket in the apron. He puts it 
the uh, silver in the pocket of the apron and goes back into a behind the bar, opens the cupboard and there's a kind of a rack of keys and he pulls one out and it says room three on it. Okay. And he says, yeah, the stairs are just to the right there. You walk up there, all the doors are numbered. At least I sure hope they are. He kind of gives a little chuckle as he goes back to work. <laughs> okay. Thank you again. And from that moment, I am going to kind of stand. Um, I walk a little bit away from, from the bar and kind of look to the stairs for a moment. And then I do a once over of the room again. And then I see that Jake's character is catching my eye Please a little bit. What? And I'll give, I'll give it a little more... Uh, thing for the other characters. The dwarf is pretty belligerent. And you could assume that the drink that the bartender was making was for the dwarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guard, of course, is just passed out and the two elven women are deep in chatter, so they're not really paying any attention to you. Okay. And then the barkeep, when he needs to, he's doing some work. Um... Ruri thinks to herself, I'm going to go over to this dark-haired character and uh, see if he can provide any sort of insight for me if I can figure out a way to last more than one night in this in this inn. So I make my way over, over to Jake's character. And just for reference, before you get into this conversation, Jake, you had probably been here for... A few days now. You had come yeah. here after a mission of yours, just to relax. And you would know, since what Colin said he's going to ask you, he's going to ask you how we can assumingly make some money. Actually, I don't know if you would know that, but I know how to incorporate that. So you've been staying here for a couple days now after a mission. So can I assume that I have a room in this inn? Yes, you have a room. Your room is room two. Okay. And uh, continue. Hello, um, what's your name? My name is Zario Noharis. I'm not. What's your name? Mm, my name's Ruri. I'm not bothering you, am I? No, you're all right. Go ahead and take a seat if you want. Okay, um, I sit down for a moment. Um, you look like you're kind of settled in here. Um, is there anything that you're doing? in town that maybe is work-related or something. I'm looking for something that can kind of give me some scratch to pass me by. Um, if you want something based on your... If you want to be in town based on your backstory, Jake, you can be. Otherwise, you can be just yeah, writing off the check from last uh, the last job you did. Yeah. Well... I suppose I can give you a little bit of insight. First off, you thirsty? Um, sure. I, I could have something small. Alright. Hey, barkeep, I'm about an ale for the little lady. What ale coming right up? And he turns around and he... Would you like a pint or a, a, a stein? Oh, uh, j- just a pint. I I don't need much. Right. Well, do okay. pint. He grabs 
a stein and a pint, and on his way to your place, he drops the stein off at the dwarves' table, who uh, slams the table in excitement and, ah, you're the best rock keep that I've ever heard. And then he kind of slurs it over, doesn't know it. It's almost as if he just forgot he was talking. <laughs> and then uh, walks on over with your pint, sets it down, and goes back to his uh, post. Well, there you are. Thank you. What's, what uh, brings you to town? Um, I've been traveling for some time. Nothing work-related. Um, I'm not really a vagabond or anything, but just I'm always moving. Um, this looks to be about as far... Um, real quick, breaking character. Are we on the north side, west side, east side, south side of this land? We are on the west side of the land. Perfect. The sea, the sea is to the west. Um, you're kind of on the southern side. No, no, yeah, yeah. You're kind of on the southern side. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> it's a bit tropical. Not really. There's like, there's a uh, forest, which you would have seen, and you would have also Zario. There's a forest to like the north east of uh, the city. That if you took a glance at, you'd probably see that some fruit, you know, grows there. So it's a little tropical. Fruit's definitely growing, but yeah. Okay. This is about as far west as I could could make it before I hit sea. So I figure this would be about as good as good of place as any to to stop for a while and uh, wait to see maybe what passage may come in time if I decide to to cross the sea. Is there land on the other side of the sea? Does that make sense there, for me? There is, but you can't see it. Okay, if you perfect. Know, if you know the geography of the land, then you would know. Okay. Otherwise, to you, this could be an ocean. Right, but I know there's something on the other side. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the time may come at some point that I would find passage and, and cross, but until then, this looks to be uh, about as much of a home as I could have. Well, so uh, you're looking to make a little bit of coin, are you? Yeah, some, something, for now, just just so I can have a bed and have something to eat every day. And then well, before you can continue, the barkeep comes back with a refill of water kind of leans in a little I couldn't help but notice how you were mentioning the need for coin did I? that's right well you two seem well equipped with the whole drought uh, it's a bit difficult to get food into the city the only source we have now is well the, the rainforest to the northern east and uh, most of it's fruits but we got to get our meat somehow, so we sometimes send lads up there to go hunting. However, uh, not many, and he says this under his breath, not many make it back. But if it's going to want, uh, I could set you up and you could possibly pick me up some meat. I'm running low. People need to eat around here. Well, it's not usually how I make my money, but coin is coin. And uh, I assure you, if 
you help me out here, I can at least either offer you a free night stay or a free meal. Sounds good to me. Why is it that some don't make it back, if I may ask? Well, the reason we never used to go to the woods for, you know, our, our meat, because usually the animals lay deeper into the woods, and it's not necessarily the safest bit of land. Normally, we would get our meat and whatnot from the sea here. Fish, where, uh, if you haven't noticed, we're quite the uh, fishing town. We send many exports over to the land across, but we've had a drought recently, and, well, times have been tough for Dahisho. I suppose, um, I, I could I could tag along with Zario here. I may have just met him, but, uh... I well, think I could I could fall behind him if I feel a little bit um, unsafe, but that, that sounds like it could work. You're going to be glad to be going together and separate. I can yeah. see. Well, what do you say, kid? It's worth a shot. He turns back and he goes back to uh, behind the bar, grabs a uh, sack for each of you. He says, uh, if you grab fruit on the way, that's always nice, but we're really looking for meat. And, uh, gives you both sacks and says, just let me know when you head out. So if you have anything you want to do in town before you leave. Um, I'm going to be finishing off this ale by this point and say to Zario, I'm going to uh, drop the little bit of things that I have off in my room that I just that I just got, um, I'm I might be back down in a short bit. I don't know if you're sticking around at all. Yeah, I'll be here. Okay. Well, until then, I'm gonna make my way. I'm a little bit of a awkward person at this point, and I kind of break away and and sort of hastily make my way towards the stairs. Yeah, you go up the stairs, and um, there's rooms, road. It kind of winds, so like you go up the stairs, and then you take a left, and then you take like another immediate left, and it's like a hallway, and there's rooms on each side. The immediate door to the left is one, the immediate door to the right is two, and then second immediate on the left, three, second immediate on the right is four, and it just goes on like kind of zigzag with the numbering. Right. So your room, room three, would be the second on the left. Okay. And I'm assuming you go in there. Yeah. Yeah, you go in. Um, the room's pretty small. Uh, nothing but bed, a wardrobe, and a little desk that has some drawers. And it's all really, like, tightly fit in. Like, it's you probably could have saved some real estate by cutting one of those things out. But it's pretty compact in here. All right. Do I have any windows? Um, yeah, uh, you have one window. Every room has one window. So I drop my things off, set them on, on the cot, and then I walk over to the window and, and look out. What do I see? Uh, this window would be facing, it'd be on the entry, like the, be facing the town. So right across the street, you see, uh, Patty's Convenience, that store that was across the street. To the left a little bit, you see uh, the fish market. To the right, you see a bunch of docks. 
um, it's a, a port, and some ships, um, but for a port town, not as many ships as you would expect. Like you would expect to see some more ships coming in. Uh, no one's really out fishing. Uh, you assume that it has to do with the drought that this drought that the barkeep Lewis, who I, you didn't ask his name or anything, but his name is Lewis. Um, you assume that it has to do with this drought that he keeps talking about. Uh, even further to the left, if you look down the road, you can just barely see kind of like a law office where you would assume maybe like is the police station or something. And it's about all you see. Okay. Um, At least all that's eventful. After gazing out the window for a few moments, I turn back around and go back downstairs. And um, and then, of course, Zario is still down there, right? As I'm assuming, looking, assuming I'm you at like anything. coming back down like the the yeah. last few steps, and assuming uh, Jake, you didn't want Desario to leave or anything, then yeah, he would be down there. Yep. Okay, I'm going to try and make my way out without anybody seeing me, including Zario. Yeah. Okay. Time for the first roll of the session. Roll a stealth check. Natural 20. <laughs> this is just like the, uh, I started watching Critical Role. I, I, oh, did this, you? Yeah, no, literally, literally, uh, that's how, like, every game starts. Like, there's always, baby. it's always, like, a natural 20 in the yeah. first three rolls. I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah, there's, there's no contest. You get out. Like, you're, okay. if anything, even the barkeep doesn't see you, like, you are out perfectly. And okay. you are now in the street. It's, still pretty bright for the town uh the sun's still out there's no rain right now so about what time is it uh it's about like 11 noon around there okay i'm going to um was there um like an open market type of thing out uh the near? best you would see are the two markets in front of you the fish market which is a bit like outside, like are it's there one people, of those that extends. Are there people like selling food, um, little vendors of any kind kind of around? That would mainly be, there are some fruit salesmen a little bit. Yes, there are some fruit salesmen. Okay. Um, but the bigger ones would be the fish market, which seems to be selling fish, but it looks like his stock is pretty low. And to the right of that is Patty's Convenience, which might have some fruit food in there but it's more that one's more of an indoor uh shop so you can't okay. unless you like peer through the windows you wouldn't really get a great idea um, uh, is the fish market kind of goes outside is the uh is patty's convenience closer to me than where the people selling fruit would be yeah the people selling fruit are kind of by the port or not by the port but they're like so here's okay. what you're looking at directly across the street from you is patty's convenience to the left of that is a uh, fish market and to the right of Patty's Convenience is kind of like a row of some fruit uh, okay. sellers. Some are, are just market guys. Like one of them selling fruits. One of them is selling like tapestries. One of them selling leather work. I'm going to um, go up to Patty's Convenience. I'm not going to go inside, but I want to like look in the window and, and what what am I going to see? I'm not like uh, hand cupping the window. I'm just kind of trying yeah. to gaze in. And you won't need a roll or anything. Um, 
it's it's a convenience store. You see just like utensils, you know, silverware, glasses, rope, uh kind of you see some like adventurers gear. I'm gonna call it that just so you know what I'm saying, but like to these guys it's not like adventurers gear, like rope, you know, it's probably used for like tying boats to the port and stuff. Is it busy um, in there? No, nowhere seems really busy right now. Nowhere. Okay. And you're getting the sense that that's kind of a theme right now is no, none of these shops are really busy or none of this town is even as busy as you feel like it would be for how small it is. And, you know, okay. it being a port town. Oh, man. I was really hoping there'd be more people around. Um, I mean, you got your there are some people, you know, going to the fruit vendor and okay. there's probably like one or two people in Patty's convenience. Uh, fish market's dead. There's no one there. I'm going to for- go over to the right and and kind of try to blend in a little bit and just sort of walk past the the uh, vendors and I have my eye on on just uh, you said this is kind of tropical. Yeah, so like there's some uh, it's more like rainforest ask tropical. So am I going to so see like, like uh, papaya and guava and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantasy. Yeah, you see like bananas, papaya, guava. Uh, you see the normal apples, stuff like that. I want to try to, I don't know if I have to roll for this, but is there anybody up at that vendor right now? Um, it looks like one person's just now walking away. So it's like he just had a transaction. What is what vendor. is the the vendor doing? Uh, the vendor looks like he's counting the coin that he just received and uh, putting it into his uh, pockets or his coin purse or whatever. Then so he's kind of looking around. He's fully attentive to what's in front of him. Then I would say yeah, because he's looking <sighs> for customers. In fact, he probably sees you and. Uh, uh, he doesn't say anything, but his eyes light up a little bit. He sees that you're looking at him. So his eyes light up a little bit, thinking you might buy something. Shoot. Hmm. I know what you're... Tr- I, I think I know what you're trying to do, and if you want to... <laughs> there are many ways you can flavor what you're trying to do if you want to try it. Ah, there's, there's not that many people in town, though. This isn't... It's not how I normally roll with this stuff. Yeah. All right, another person comes up. I rolled a percentile, and it was a ninety-seven. Oh, <laughs> and I was gonna do this based on how high the roll was. Uh, another person walks up. He's almost just cuts in front of you, like he is just going straight for some fucking bananas. Like this dude wants bananas. All right, and uh, the vendor's eyes go right off you in an instant, and he's talking this dude up a storm, you know, telling him his prices and stuff. It's almost as if, like, this is some of the only business he really gets <laughs> right now. Okay. Well, actually, he probably gets some good business. Now. How wide of a stand does this guy have? Is there a way that I can... Uh, the fruit vendor stand is a bit wider than the others because he's got a variety of things. Okay. So it's probably, like, uh, like, a, like five persons standing side by side. With, if you know, if you kind of catch that vibe. Okay. So, I'm up in front of this stand at this point, since that guy cut in front of me. And basically, I'm going to just kind of look around, and then look sort of past the stand a little bit. And as I turn around, I want to try to just 
with the the wisp of the air practically just kind of in my turning motion grab this little piece of papaya or not piece but this little papaya by the edge of this table make a sleight of hand check I rolled a 15 um, plus 5 so okay. it's a 20 yeah you uh, you get it the dude, uh, the vendor is invested in selling this dude that cut in front of you. He's invested in selling them some. Okay. So you can, you uh, grab this papaya, stuff it right into your knapsack or pocket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or even you could detect. So you now have some papaya. Perfect. And that's food for the night. I uh, think, how long has she been gone um, at this so you wouldn't have seen her sneak out. So she probably walked right. up, put her stuff away. Took about a minute to, you know, look out the window and survey her surroundings. Probably been about eh, five minutes. Just it probably been like five. Minutes. Okay, so I probably wouldn't yeah, be I, too concerned yet. Right. All right. Okay, then I'm I'm still drinking. Then I'm I'm gonna walk back to uh, what is it called again? Uh, Inn, Inn. Stillwater Inn. Okay, I'm going to walk back to the Stillwater Inn. Um, and I'm going to come through the front door. Yeah, you're coming in to the front door like nothing happened. Like you just didn't just sneak out. Yep. And you just magically appeared. Okay. So you come through the front door. I mean, not bombastically or anything, but they're, the barkeep knows when the front door opens unless, you know, you're stealthing through. So he turns and he's like, oh. I uh, didn't see you walk out. Welcome back. And uh, Zario, you would see uh, Ruri walking back in as well. Through the front door, which is quite strange. She just went upstairs. Wait a minute. Weren't you just upstairs? I was. I, I took a short little walk. Um, but I'm back. Here I am. Wow, you're pretty sneaky. That could be useful. I suppose um, it's not necessarily my intention, but uh, okay. Um, what what time were you going to go on this little uh, scavenger hunt? Well, I was just waiting for you. Daylight's burning. We should go as soon as possible. Today? Oh, um, okay. Um, sure. Let's do that. So the two of you... Uh, you check in with uh, the barkeep, Lewis, uh, before you leave, as he... Or do you? I mean, do you, I mean, you you would remember that he said to check in with you before you leave. Yes. Uh, but if you just want yeah. to forego that and try to leave, I mean, you can. That's... Well, I want to make sure I get paid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you go up to him and he... Uh, How do you turn ahead and out? Alrighty. Well, here's a flask for, you, uh, for your travels in case you get thirsty. And he uh, hands Zarya a flask. Uh, you don't know really know what's in it. <laughs> All right. Looks and, good uh, to me. Thanks, sir. Trust me. And he like kind of leans in a little bit. You might need it. And then he uh, turns around and starts washing some glasses in the sink. And well, you- are you ready to go? Sure. Cool. All righty. All right. So you too. Leave the tavern, and you uh, go up the cobblestone road, kind of towards uh, northeast, and uh, you end up at that same gate that uh, Colin, you went through. And you take a 
you're a little more eastbound right now, but you take a left and start in northeast, and there's the forest entrance. At first glance, it looks like any old normal forest. Uh, you head in. It's got a th- pretty thick amount of trees. Like, sunlight is definitely being obscured. It's not dark enough for you to warrant a torch or anything, but it's definitely a little, like, you know, shadier. You do see some fruits, uh, you know, growing up tall in the trees if you wanted to get those. Some birds are flying around. Uh, if you remember, uh, Lewis was saying fruit you can get if you want, but uh, the main thing that they want is meat. So meat. right now you guys are kind of just looking around for uh, animals. Okay. So if either of you want to do a check, um, I would have you do a. It depends on what you want to do. If you want to just full on look for animals, uh, I would say that'd be a perception check. If you want to do something where you're like looking for tracks in the ground, that'd be a nature check. How long have we been walking in the on this trail? Uh, you probably so you started off on a trail and then it kind of dwindled into not really a trail, and you're kind of just cutting through following. some brush. Yeah, you've probably been in here for about twenty minutes now. All you've seen are like some birds, you know, fly away when you go through some brush and you didn't necessarily have the reflexes to get it. So, you know, it gets away. You haven't seen any like squirrels or anything. You might have heard some, but. I want to see if I can find any tracks. Okay, make a nature check for me. Well, that was nothing. (laughs) Critical nothing. Alrighty, you, uh. Look around and yeah, you just Zarya. Can do you see any tracks of anything? I'm not seeing anything at all. Well, let me see here. Let's see if I can find something. Uh, you're looking for tracks, or you're just looking for animals? Um, I'm just gonna do a perception roll to look for some animals. Cool, 18 plus four. 22. Yeah. All right. So you kind of like you forego, you know, looking for tracks. That's not necessarily your style. Uh, and you start kind of uh, peering through, kind of pushing some brush aside. You look through some thicket and you see a little clearing. And there's actually a boar oh, kind no. of in this clearing. And it looks like it's just grazing, kind of eating some berries that might be on like some bush, but it's in this. Uh, Clearing. Okay. Um, is there, like, we're obviously in a forest, so is this boar, like, close to underneath of a tree? Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily close to any trunks, like tree trunks. There's right. kind of a, a cacophony of bushes that look like berry bushes that it's kind of stationed at eating berries. Are there any like branches from any trees like over over top of this? Yeah, they're pretty tall up, I will say though. They're like 20, 30 feet up. Okay. I would like to try and sneak my way up as close to the boar as possible. Okay. And uh Ruri, are you watching this? Yes. Zario, I want you to make a stealth check. Yep. Okay, so we got an 8 plus 7. 15? Yeah. So, 
you start getting pretty close to this boar. You're about 20 feet away from it now. And uh, let's see your equipment. Let's say you're pulled, you're starting to pull out your uh, dart gun. Okay. And uh, you're getting ready to take a blow and you breathe in and you press your lips to the dart gun. And then in a okay. flash, something from the right side of your view swoops in very fast and almost as if it just swung from like the branches and grabs this boar and like with the momentum and weight that it had it's decently sized creature that grabs it and rolls on the ground and is and kind of, and kind of rolls into the berry brush and you hear the boar protest uh <laughs> squeal you hear a crunch and the boar is no longer squee- uh screaming it's no longer doing that Shit. Um, Did this look like um, some type of ape-like creature, or was this a winged uh, creature? It was an ape-like creature, I guess. Can I roll for perception to see if I can see what's going on beyond this bush? Uh, Yeah. Um, I'll have you, like... So you walk up a little closer. You're not going straight up to the bush, of course, but you right. walk up a little bit and uh, make a perception check. Okay. 18 plus 4, 22. Yeah, you see this pretty clearly. So when it tackled this boar, it left a pretty good indent in the bushes for you to see through. Uh, you see the boar, like, it's not, like, graphic or anything. It's not being torn apart, but you do see... Uh, creature on top of it kind of picking away a little bit at some of the parts maybe taking a bite in at the neck and uh further look at the creature there is a bugbear and marty i want you to describe your character all right um so uh this dude is big he's kind of hunched over right now um over this boar but it just like from the back it just looks like this massive just ball of fur and limbs about honestly probably about eight feet tall very like long limbed right long yeah um his his arms are kind of like weirdly unnaturally long they like hang like his hands kind of hang down by his knees actually and yeah and so you're kind of you know uh marty or not marty jake do another stealth check for me real quick Okay. 15 plus 7. 22. Yeah, I wouldn't think that that would go past uh, Gluzo's <laughs> past yeah, perception. I definitely have uh, zero. <laughs> so, uh, you don't see Zario. In fact, you probably didn't even see him when you swooped in for the kill. You just, <clears throat> you're, you were focused on this boar. And uh, so, yeah, you see this boar in front of you. Uh, Colin Rury would have seen about wouldn't have seen it as vividly as Zario did because Zario was getting pretty close, but you did just see a blur of brown fur and the boar was gone and Zario is kind of going up to inspect it a little bit. What do you do? So at this point, I would not know if this creature that I just saw is hostile towards me or not. No, but you did see it pretty hostile towards that boar. Right. I just saw it destroy a boar, so I'm going to be very, very careful. Shit. I wish you wouldn't have told me that it was Marty, because, like... Well, here's... I, I know what you're about to say. 
do what your character would do in this very moment. You don't know it's a player character. Okay. You think it's another monster or a creature. I mean, I don't know how often you've seen bugbears. Right. I want to... You still have your dart gun out. Right. Yeah, I'm going to hit it with a dart. Okay. All right. Make a ranged, and you guys don't have to roll initiative for this. Uh, make a ranged attack roll. It should be plus five for you. Okay. Five plus five, ten. That is not going to hit. It uh, zooms right by uh, Gluzo's ear, and you hear it. And Gluzo, you look up to see a... Uh, do, do I envision Zario as more panther-like? Yeah. Yeah, you see like a panther-esque tabaxi with a blowgun. And it just shot at you. Mm. I probably still have like a mouthful of boar at this point. I'm just kind of chewing and going. Okay. Uh, uh, you you want some? <laughs> Wait, what'd you just say? Did you? did I just hear that? And as you're in this confusion of hearing this baboon bugbear creature to talk to you. You hear some, uh... Mm. <laughs> All right, you hear a lot of rustling. <laughs> mm. You hear it very well. And you kind of... All three of you hear this. And uh, you kind of look around to see what it is. And through, like, the bush, the thicket of the forest, you see some, like, gray and silver, like, fur kind of walking past. And it's almost as if... And then you look a little to the right, and you see another one, and then you see another one. And it's almost as if there's... Some animals circling you. Oh, no. Mm. Do any of you want to make perception checks? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I am. All three of you? Yeah, yep. go ahead. All right, that's a 15 plus zero, 15. Okay. I rolled a total of nine. Total of 10. I'm just going to use the same stealth roll that they had before. I'm just going to tell you they crit failed <laughs> the stealth roll. They start, they don't even try to be sneaky about it anymore. They start kind of emerging from the bushes. You see one wolf emerge, and then kind of behind you, you're you're kind of fixated on this first wolf that comes out, and then behind you, you hear another snarl, and there's a second wolf. And then there's a third wolf. And roll initiative. Oh, boy. Hmm. I suppose lunch will have to wait. These are D20s, right? Yes. It should be plus your dex mod. So 25 to 20. Anything? Colin. Oh, 20, yeah. Okay. Uh, 15 to 20. Or, yeah. Nope. Nope. Uh, 10 to 15. Yep. What'd you get? T- uh, 10. Oh, you got 10? No. I no, I got 12. I got 13. 13? I got uh, 12. Okay. We have our order. So first up is Rurri. You, uh, there are three wolves. They're pretty much triangulated on you guys. You guys kind of came up closer to each other after you realized, oh, this bugbear is talking to us and literally just asked us if we wanted some food. So you guys kind of came a little closer and surrounding all three of you are these wolves. Okay, I'm going to pull out my rapier. Okay. And um, I'm assuming there's one more more to, like, my back left. 
if I'm looking at. Uh, yeah, one of like one of them is behind you. There's kind of one. I'm definitely position. turned around at this point. Yeah, to see the this. one that was snarling. So that would be uh, one of them behind you. All right. Well, I I am going to see if <laughs> is this wolf looking like it's getting closer to me now. Oh uh, yeah, it's slowly uh, kind of pacing towards you. I am going to hold my rapier up above my head and start to slowly approach this wolf. Okay. Are you going? Are you like ready in an action for when he attacks you, or are you going to go for a, a hit here? I'm I'm readying and I'm trying to see if this thing is intimidated at all by me moving towards it now. Do you want to intimidate it? Yes. Make an intimidation check with... With animal handling? <laughs> I was going to say maybe with disadvantage, but just make an intimidation check. Okay. Uh, a 13 plus 2, 15. It's, uh... It does... It now realizes that you are armed, and, uh... I guess as much as a animal can, it realizes, like, oh, you know, you, these things are... I'm they would at least recognize a uh, stance ready to battle. So they realize this is not just, oh, you know, lay down, prey, easy food. So he takes one step back, but then starts, he continues going towards you. He's not running away or anything. He's, if anything, he's, he's a little more cautious now and okay. understands that you're... <laughs> I, you know. I'm going to, I'm going to try and attack this thing with my rapier. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll let you do that. So, make an attack roll. I think with your rapier, you have plus five. Oh my gosh. Oh well. <laughs> Critical fail? Yeah. Oh, okay. no. So, you. <laughs> um, so, with your critical fail, when you see it take that one step back. Uh, Ruri, you feel that is the moment to strike yeah. when he's starting to doubt. And so you kind of make, not a rush, but you start, you know, advancing. And then before you can advance enough, you kind of, uh, there's like a vine that's sticking it. out from the ground and it makes you trip. And you manage to keep your grip on your rapier. If anything, you kind of use it to stabilize yourself, but you still do fall a little bit and you are knocked prone. Am I belly down prone? Uh, no, I'm gonna say like knees, like all like knees and hands, like knees and hands, not belly. Okay. Uh, and that's that's my turn, yeah, that'll uh -oh. be your turn. <laughs> and then it's Wolf One's turn, which we'll say is that wolf. which is my opponent, <laughs> mainly for the narrative purposes. That's your wolf. Uh, it sees this new opening that you just presented for it, and it's going to uh, <laughs> make bad. a bite attack at you. And that's not going to hit. <laughs> Actually, I think it gets advantage because it is because oh, you are pro. No. Yeah. That is a is hit. Plus four. That's 15. That hits you. You are bitten for five points of damage. And you normally you would have to make a check to see if you would be knocked prone from this attack, but you're already prone. So that's uh, its turn. Now it is, I believe, Zario's turn. You got yes. a wolf. You pretty much all have a wolf in front of you. 
and you definitely just heard and saw uh, Ruri trip and uh, ah. Wolf take a bite out of... Uh, I guess I can flavor the attack a little more than he bit you. He kind of leaps at you and takes a quick bite out of your shoulder. Not like it doesn't take a chunk out or anything, but, you know, he gets a... I get, get some, some teeth butts. marks in there. Oof. Yeah. All right. So I see this and I go, Rory! And I run over and I would like to use my claws. Cool. All right. Make a. And that's. Yeah. Make a weapon attack. Plus five. Hit 17 plus five. 17 plus five. That'll definitely hit. So you uh, you see this and you kind of immediately rush over just disregarding the wolf that's in front of you. He wasn't close enough for an opportunity attack or anything. Uh, and you uh, kind of lash your arm out and as you do, uh, you unsh- basically just unsheath these claws that you've you know had hidden and you take a swipe and uh, roll damage. It should be a D4 plus three for you. Okay, so D4 is the triangle pyramid guy? Yep. So three plus four is seven. Wolf one takes seven points of damage. You get a good gash out of this thing's uh, head because it was kind of uh, over top. Not like on top of her, but like it was like looming over her as uh, Ruri was kind of on the ground. And you get a good swipe at its uh, left side. You get a bit of its eye in there too. It's not blinded or anything, but you get a good good claw out of it and you still have your bonus action okay so you um, can do uh fury of blows if you wanted or you could do yeah i'm gonna do i'm gonna do uh flurry okay do you want me to keep track of your key points for you or you want to do that i don't care I can do it. okay so yeah you use the fury of blows you get two unarmed attacks and you can use your claws for that i believe right yep i'm gonna use my claws I guess all it really changes is the type of attack. So yeah, I'll let you do that. You get two unarmed strikes. So okay. uh, roll to hit for the first one. Okie dokie. And I'm, I'm not rolling damage. I'm just rolling, right? Yeah, D20 plus five. I'll play that again. All right, 15 plus five. That'll hit. Roll a D4. Uh, two plus three, plus three, five, five. Cool. This wolf. So you rush over. You kind of do a little leap on your first strike, and you know, you know, hit the eye or whatever. <clears throat> and then with your other hand, uh, while you were kind of leaping to hit it with your claw, you would have put the uh, blowgun away, and so you make that first swipe, and it kind of rears uh, with the momentum of your hit, and then with. It uh, kind of rearing that way. Your claws are still kind of in its like head a little bit from the first strike, and you almost just clamp your other hand like you're clapping both sides of its head, and uh, stick the claws in at the other side of this wolf's head, and it goes limp, and you've killed it. And you still have one more attack with your Fury of Blows, um, but I'm gonna say since you ran towards Ruri, I don't think you're really within any distance to do that attack so i do have uh 50 speed so all right you know what you do (laughs) 
Yeah, I'll say if you want to run back to your uh, the wolf that was positioned by you, you can. Or I can also right. say if you want to use your bone. I don't. I guess it's not technically in the rules, but if you want to use the other bonus action or the other attack to help brewery up, I'll let you do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna help. Uh, I'm gonna kind of I'm forego gonna... some rules if it makes sense narratively. It's still gonna cost something, but it's that's what I'm gonna do. Right. I wanna. I wanna help brewery up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you don't need a roll. You help her to her feet, and Ruri, you're no longer prone. Cool. Uh, and that was... Uh, oh, you do your I always liked cats more. <laughs> you just be careful. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Glizzo, your turn. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so there's one in front of me, I assume? Um. Yeah, there's one in front of you, and to the left is the one that uh, Zario left behind, who... Now that you're kind of closer, is kind of looking at you a little more than Gluzo or uh, Zario. All good. Um, I would like to. How far away is the uh, the wolf that I was looking at first? 10, 15 feet away from you. Let's say 10. 10. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I'm going to attack it from where I'm standing. Yep, because you got a long reach. <laughs> my glaive. Glaive? I can, yeah. Go. Cool. So make an attack roll. So yeah, you see this. Or what'd you roll? Natural 20, baby. God damn. So the way I'm going to do natural 20s, I'm not going to double your modifiers. I'm just going to double the dice that's rolled. So it'll be an instant D10 plus four. I'm not even going to make you roll. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's going to die. Literally with just the, the D10 plus four, it dies. So um, you see this uh, bugbear, and as you mentioned before, his arms are pretty unnaturally long, uh, pull out this glaive. And is the glaive two-handed? Yes, Yes. it is. It's two-handed. And uh, hold on. The glaive is two-handed, has reach, and you you can attack from 15. Yeah, man. (laughs) That is amazing. Um, Uh, All right, yeah, you just see this. It doesn't even matter. It could have been 15 feet away. Just... From the, like the lower half of the hill to just the uh, bugbear Gluzo, just kind of overhand over like heads it and just strikes it down, hitting it straight down the like center of this thing's head, and uh, it just kind of like with a crushing thud just hits the ground, and you hear like one little whimper, and then it's just dead. It's dead. Um, I don't know if you have any bonus actions you want to do. Yeah, with my. Uh, can I, like, try to intimidate the other wolf? Just, like, roar at it or something? I'll let you do that. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, that is a 12 plus 6, 18. Uh, it's not, it, uh, it does almost you see it almost like jerk like a tiny bit like flinch a little bit when you struck it but it's still it's still determined to get some food mm, not okay. intimidated damn with an 18 even i rolled a 19 plus one good lord okay uh, uh that's it it'll now be it would have been wolf two's turn but uh it's dead it's a it's a pile of goop mm-hmm. uh one second here. before you you kind of have your attention towards this uh, last wolf. You do not see this coming. Uh, a fourth wolf comes from the bushes, 
kind of behind you as you turn your attention to roar at this uh, last one, at least what you think is the last one. And one more jumps from the uh, bushes and uh, is going to make an attack at you with advantage. Cool. Stealthy. That's a 13 plus 4, 17. I think that hits. Yep. Okay. You take six points of damage. Okay. And you're not raging right now, so. Right. Just take that. And that was wolf number four's turn. Wolf number two is dead. Wolf number three, the one you were looking at, is now going to see its friend just, you know, leap out and two verse one, it thinks it has the advantage, it's going to jump at you now. It's just it's not gonna roll with advantage or anything, but uh it's not going to hit. Uh so this other wolf kind of leaps at you, and uh you kind of use your long appendages to kind of hold your glaive up and you kind of block the bite with the handle of your glaive and kind of throw it down to the ground a little bit and it, you know, lands on its feet and snarls at you. And we're back at the top of the order with a brewery. You are now back up about, um, let's say, 20 feet away from you is where this uh, deboggle between Gluzo and the other two wolves is happening. I'm going to make my way over that way. Cool. Uh, you can get up to, uh, yeah, you'll, you can get up to them just fine. You're using your rapier on any of them, or? Yeah, I'm going to attempt to, um, make a move at the one that just, um. The one that hit him from the bushes or the yeah. one that he blocked? Okay. Yeah, make a attack roll plus five. Oh, that's an 18. That it. Uh, roll a D8 plus three. D8. That should be the uh, diamond-looking one, or oh, okay, it's like two pyramids, two pyramids yeah. stacked, like yeah. A four. Okay, Rolled a four, four plus three, so that's seven Same. damage on wolf number four. It's looking pretty hurt. You you have something called Master of Tactics. Yeah. You can use the help action as a bonus action in combat oh, okay. uh, to aid an, to aid an ally in attacking a creature. Yeah. Uh, the target of the attack can be within 30 feet of you if it yep. can see or hear you. So if you want to try to help someone out with hitting yeah, something. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, who do you want to help? What What is um, Zario doing? Uh, Zario just helped you up. He's still, he's kind of, I would assume Zario is starting to, you know, jog on towards with you to uh, help you, uh, help Gluzo with these two wolves. Yep. Um, and uh, in Gluzo is, well, you know what happened to Gluzo. Um, I guess I haven't used. Obviously, I haven't used Master of Tactics yet. So how? I'll let how do you, you do kind it? of flavor. Yeah, I um, want to do it, but you can flavor it flavor for it. me. Who are you helping? Um, Gluzo. That's his name, right? Gluzo, yep, the bugbear. So what you're gonna do is uh, this wolf that had just hit him. Uh. It kind of like pounced off its back, uh, Gluzo's back, and is like getting ready to do another attack. And uh, you kind of slide into action, grab your rapier, and you don't strike it or anything, but you kind of almost full Nelson. <laughs> nah, wait. Like, you kind of like have the rapier at like the thing's throat, and you're kind of trying to hold it back. Yeah. Uh, leaving an opening for, uh, you know, kind of hindering its movement, leaving an opening for uh, um, Gluzo. And now it'll be Zario's turn. 
Um, so which one does he have incapacitated? The um, newest one? The one, the newest one, but I will say the help action will only give Gluzo the advantage. No, that's After fine. I was just wondering okay. what the other one was. Yeah, the, uh, the other one is the one that, uh, tried to attack Gluzo, but, uh, Gluzo, uh, with the hilt of his glaive kind of caught the bite and, you know, tossed him to the side a little bit, if anything, towards you a little bit. Okay, I want to uppercut this motherfucker in his jowl. Are you using claws or fists? Just a fist. Cool. Uh, make a attack roll plus five. Natural 20, baby. Awesome. So that's immediately four damage plus a d4 plus three. So roll a d4. The three. Three plus three. Four. Did 10 damage. He's you uppercut this dude, uh, this wolf. This D. And uh, so he kind of gets he gets tossed back by Gluzo, and this all is happening pretty fast. Uh, Gluzo tosses him to the left, kind of in your direction, and he's the wolf is still looking at Gluzo, but then it kind of turns the last second when it hears you, you know, rushing up. Before it can react, you just uppercut this wolf, and uh, it gets knocked back. I'll say it knocks back like ten feet kind of in the air a little bit and just kind of lands on its back and is whimpering a bit uh, before like trying to, you know, get back up and it gets back up to its feet. Is there anything else you want to do? You have bonus uh, action? Yeah, let's do a bonus action for Flurry. Okay, yeah, I'm assuming Actually, you no, 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 no. Save it? Yeah, I'm going to save it. Cool. Um, Gluzo, it is your turn. Uh, this wolf is pretty much being presented to you. Okay. Uh, um. So you would have advantage on attacking it. Okay. I'm trying to decide if I want to do something, and if it would like make narrative sense, or no. Okay, I'm just gonna hit it. Yeah, I'm gonna hit it with my grave. I'm gonna run up and hit it. Oh, hard. Ooh, that's a. <laughs> oh, I have advantage. You have advantage. That is a 19 plus 6. Cool. Yeah, you, uh... 4. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, 9 plus 4, 13. Yeah, you, uh... You know, Rory has this wolf kind of pinned back a little bit, kind of holding his like front paws are kind of scra- scraping at the air, trying to get away from Rory. And uh, you come up and, without even missing the beat, without hitting Rory at all, you uh, come in and same thing, pretty much. You overhand, just place your glaive straight into the skull of this wolf, and it just goes limp, and you kind of shake it off your glaive uh, to the side. Uh, Rur, you probably got a little blood on your on you now from uh, that wolf. <laughs> yep. Sorry. And then uh, you see that final wolf. Uh, He's, almost, he's just about ready to, you know, go in for one more attack. And then he, uh, he hesitates. And he, uh, it's almost as if he senses something else. And he runs into the bush behind him. And, uh, just runs away. Do I need to roll a perception if I am trying to read this creature? The, uh, wolf? Yeah. Do a insight check. 
A 17 total. Yeah, you can tell it wasn't necessarily because it was about to, you know, go for an attack. It's not running away because it thinks it's lost. It's running away because something bigger is here. Something that it's more scared of. Did you guys see what that wolf just did? Hmm. Yeah. That wolf was was gonna come for us. It's it's gone now. Um, would I kind of have an idea of what's going on? Uh, you would have an idea of the types of animals that are in this uh, forest. You would know that you know there are wolves, there are boars, there are you're a very occasional monkey. <laughs> uh, you would also know that there are bears. Mm. And just as you kind of remember that, uh, since you're all kind of looking in the direction of where the wolf went, behind you, you hear some uh, steppy stops. And it's some crushing uh, leaves and twigs and definitely a heavier sounding animal than the wolves. We all hear this? Yep. It's not trying to be stealthy at all. It walks into the kind of clearing that you're in and you see a brown bear. Mm. Ooh, whose turn is it? Or sorry, not a brown bear, a black bear. It's a black bear. Oh, a little small. Oh, no. A little small. Oh, We're no. Is, is it still my turn? Uh, Yeah, you have your bonus action still. Okay. Um, I would like to make an animal handling check to like try to convince the bear that we don't we we ain't got no beef. So you're kind of doing like the thing you wave your put your arms high in the air like you're uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Make a animal handling check. Okay. That is a natural 20. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just derailing your whole plot. How's it feel? <laughs> yeah, you know what? With natural 20, I'll give it to you. Uh, the bear kind of stands up on its hind legs and it looks almost quizzically at you and it sees that, you know, you got some long appendages and you're doing the thing where you wave your hands in the air. So you're taller than with, like, your full stature and the arms in the air, you're taller than it and it kind of <clears throat> groans, groans a little bit and uh, turns around and just uh, shakes its head and goes back into the uh, into the brush. Would it be my turn after, after um, Gluso? It would have been the black bears, but uh, no, yeah. But he turn. disengaged. Yeah, so, so technically you guys are out of combat. Okay, <laughs> well, I would like to still assume that I have a purpose right now. And <clears throat> I'm going to pull my pistol from my hip and shoot at this bear. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> hey, the mission was to get food. And yes. that's a lot of me. That is what I am doing. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you a surprise attack. You have a sneak Perfect. attack, at which you have 
a thing with because you're a, a rogue. So roll with advantage. Thank God. Perfect. <laughs> a, I rolled a 16. Plus five, I think. Should be. For, for what? Slight, uh, to hit. Uh, you're just doing an attack roll with your pistol. Okay. That would be a plus five, yes. Yeah. So you rolled a 21 total? 16 plus five? Yes, that is math. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you uh, get a surprise hit on this bear. Roll your damage. It'll be a sneak attack. Um, a total of six with my two d6, and then a five with my d10. Fourteen. Okay. You have Fourteen points of damage to this uh, bear. It turns around after you shoot it, and it uh. It's angry. It starts charging at you guys, and it is now Zario's turn. Oh, I got us off to a good start. But hey, you got a free hit on it. I did. Um, how it far is this bear for me? Probably about 30 feet away from you. It's coming towards you, though. Okay. Um, With your 50 feet, if you wanted to go up to it, you can. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to... Swipe my claws at his throat. Cool. Uh, make a attack roll plus five. Okay. I was hoping I was going to be able to shoot that thing in the head and kill it. Hmm. Uh, Sixteen total. It's got a little more HP than uh, those wolves. Yeah, that hits. Uh, D four plus three. Uh, five total damage. Okay. Uh, yeah, you kind of start running towards it and it's it sees you and it's like you know about to take a bite out of you and you kind of do a little action slide and as you're sliding kind of past it while it runs past you you make a swipe up at the throat and uh you hit it on its way and it kind of stops it in its tracks a little bit to kind of reel in some pain and uh you have a bonus action if you want to use it uh, yeah screw it let's do flurry cool uh make two more attacks both plus five Uh, 16 and 17. Those both hit. So roll 2d4. So 2 and 2, 4 plus 6. You did 10 more damage? Yep. Okay. It is still standing, but it is hurt. You're doing a good job at uh, swiping away at the stain, and now it's Gluzo's turn. So, um, this, the sound of Uri's bullet going off is gonna, like, cause a little, like, tick in Gluzo's head, and Eyes. Uh, he is going to let out a very scary roar and I would like to rage. There it is, baby. <laughs> um, so with my rage, I can, I think, choose one of these like different kinds of Yeah, attacks. yeah, so you got, let me read these for you, the others. 
Uh, when you enter your rage, you transform, manifesting a natural melee weapon. Each time you rage, you may choose either bite, claws, or tail. So like sharper teeth, sharper claws, or you get a tail. <laughs> I don't know if bugbears and already have tails or not, but I also don't know that. Um, they might have a really small one. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna do claws this time. Okay, so uh, you see this bugbear, you see Gluzo, like almost his <clears throat> eye twitch and kind of, you know, start, yeah, just like that, starts to kind of groan after you shoot this shot. And he's right next to you, Ruri. So it's probably a little intimidating or just. Who? Gluzo? Yeah, as he's like sort of going into this fit of rage, he's like right next to you. So it's almost like, oh shit, I might not have wanted to do that when I was near this guy. And uh, as he rages, you see his claws, like he almost starts to loosen his grip a little bit um, when his like, claws are just starting to get longer and longer. And uh, uh, Gluzo, you have entered a rage. What do you do? Um, I'm going to throw down my glaive and take like a running leap at this bear and hit it twice with my claws. Cool. Yep. So 2d20s, I think it's plus four for both of them. Plus six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one, <laughs> another natural 20, Jesus. and a 15 plus 6, 21. Those will both hit. So the natural 20 gives you an, ex- an, an immediate 6 damage. Roll 2d6, because you hit both times. Okay. Be 2d6 plus 10 Eight. will be the total. Uh, that's a six and a five, so 11 plus 10, 21. Oh, plus my rage damage. Plus two, so... It is... You come in and you just start swiping at these... at this bear. And you get one of its eyes and you get, like, part of its, like, jaw. And it is just... It, like, steps... takes a few steps back, like, blood is kind of just dripping from its face now. And... It is, you can tell it is just damn close. Like, and with its final like moments of breath, it's going to try to make one attack. Uh, And by one attack, I mean a multi-attack. So it's going to do two attacks against you, Gluzo. Well, it's going to do a bite at Gluzo and a claw attack at a a Zarya, since you're both kind of next to each other now. So, Gluzo. It's not going to hit you. It kind of... It's a little winded, and its sight is a little off because you swiped at one of its eyes, pretty much clean cut through it. And it kind of uh, lurches down to bite at you, and you do just an easy sidestep, and it uh, does not even uh, come near you. And then it makes... A blind swipe at you, Gluzo. Or not Gluzo, Zario. Uh, 16, which will hit. You'll take seven points of damage. Damn it. And now it's Ruri's turn, and it is... It is on its last leg. Like, it is panting heavily. Has nowhere to run. What do you do? I am going to take my rapier and lunge 
Attack roll plus five. Fifteen total. That hits. Uh, I'm not even going to make you roll damage. It was that close. Uh, you lunge up and you kind of on that same. You got to have like the same momentum that Gluzo did. And you just run up and you grab your rapier. And actually, you know what? I'll let you do it. You, How do you want to do it? What was the position of this thing before? What was it doing? It was kind of like it had reeled back a little bit after Gluzo hit it, and then it tried to bite at Gluzo, and Gluzo just kind of stepped away, and then it like blindly swiped its claw and caught uh, Zario a little bit. So Zario kind of got knocked back a bit. So technically, both uh, Zario and Gluzo kind of backed off a little bit to either avoid or take the brunt of attack. So you got a wide opening for this bear. Am I like to its side or am I like? You're directly in front of it, kind of running toward, charging towards it. I kind of, um, well, how far away was I? Right in front of it? Uh, 15 feet. 15 feet. So you got as I lunge, as I lunge, I, um, I'm full speed ahead. I hit the ground, slide a little bit, and cut it right in its throat. Okay. And I get out of the way so it doesn't fall on me. Yeah, so you kind of like do a little, like a little hop, and then like with that momentum in the air, you kind of let yourself fall on the ground and slide. uh, And you make a quick, like, uh, two handed strike. Two handed incision at the bear's throat while you're under it. And. You kind of slow to a halt while you're directly under it, and you realize this is a heavy bear, and you roll out from underneath it as it falls and hits the ground with a loud thud. A couple birds go flying off, and uh, that is the end of the encounter. This one's Oz, and who are you? Do you, you you're uh. talking. You're talking. You, you have a name. He's not talking anymore. Um, he literally like dashes back at the bear and like tackles it again, like as it's falling, and starts just like mindlessly clawing at it. No, wait, 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 wait. Can can you like understand me? <laughs> at the moment, he seems hyper focused on just like. Um, Colin, make an animal handling check. Uh, nine total. Yeah, you have a, you're having a hard time getting through to his uh mental state. Zarya, get get this thing off of that bear. We need this. We need this bear. Hey, you get off the bear. Grab him or something. All right, I'm gonna try and push him off the bear. Um. Yeah, let's do some contested strength rolls. <laughs> Just to make it fun. Yeah. So. Nat 20. I was going to say Jake gave her minus one, but. Uh... <laughs> okay. Uh huh. That is a 19 plus 4, 23. So. Wow. Natural 20s don't normally apply instant successes unless it's an attack, but I'm going to do it this way. Neither of you 
fail or succeed. You're both kind of like, you're kind of like shoving him off. And then he like rushes back in to get more. Like he's just like, you're, and then you shove him off again and he just rushes back in for more. And, um, All right. I'm going to punch him in the face. Make an attack roll. Plus five. Uh, 18 plus five. That'll definitely hit him. Uh, Gluzo, make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, with it, with advantage. Um, seven. <laughs> yeah, you're still kind of in this fit. Uh, how much damage do I take? Uh, that'll be a D4 from Zario. D4 plus three. One plus... plus One plus three, three, so four. And you're raging, so you take half damage. Okay. Um, yeah, you're still not out of this fit. Um, uh, let me... Let me read something real quick. Isn't this a fun thing I've decided to do? (laughs) You're gonna love this character. Alright, yeah. Zario, you remember a little bit uh, that flask that the barkeep had given you? Ah. I'm just going to leave you with that. It is, you guys, uh, Bluzo is still kind of frenzying at this dead bear. Okay. I'm going to take the flask out of my pocket and I'm going to open it up and kind of put it underneath of Gluzo's nose. Um, so what this was in the flask, it wasn't ale, actually. It was a healing potion with some restorative, it was like a healing slash restorative potion. Okay. So with the, uh, or do you want to like force him to drink it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say you do this. You kind of like douse it on the bear the part that he's kind of frenzying at and putting some of it in his mouth. Uh, Glizzo make another wisdom save with advantage. That's a nine. And that's a 15. Yeah, that does it. So it's almost like it, it, it's properties is to heal, but it also almost calms you down a little bit. You start panting and you're still kind of going at it and you start panting and then you're slowing down. And you pant some more, and you almost like you're almost like in a hunched, like still on your feet position, with like your this you clawing at the bear supporting your balance, and then you kind of just fall back on your butt and just like like start panting, and you have regained your sanity. Yeah, he grasps at his head and goes, "I'm." It's all right. We just we need to bring this this your meat back. Mm. Can't have you ruining it. Right. Um, this is ours, and we need to take it back in one piece if we can. Uh, you guys look around you, and you see the three dead wolves, and you realize you got a pretty decent amount of meat uh, to bring back. Gluzo, uh, I believe says here that you have when determining your carrying weight you're counted as a large creature mm-hmm. you can definitely carry this bear <laughs> cool would you be able to get a bear and a wolf that's the question probably i'm strong as 
Coolie. Yeah, f it. You can you can, you are able to get a bear and a wolf, and then glues uh, Zario and Ruri. You can both grab a wolf, kind of just drag it. Okay. I struggle a little bit. I'm I'm kind of a small person. I got it. So you guys are helping each other with the uh, other two wolves, and you guys start making your way back out the forest, uh, just kind of following this trail that you uh, guys basically your own footprints until you actually find the actual trail. You get out uh, to the border of the forest. I'm assuming you're leaving. You're not looking for any more. Right. Okay. Yeah, you guys uh, end up at the mouth of the forest, and you're dragging the wolves. Gluzo, you're pretty much got them just hoisted on your shoulders. Yeah. Uh, you get to the uh, front gate of town, and the guard is actually... Uh, it's not the guard that you saw at... Uh, the inn, uh, Ruri. I'd say, um, also, the time that's passed, it's probably around four now, like four o'clock. Um, and, uh, it's a different guard, and he opens his mouth like he's about to, like, say, like, hey, like, who are you? What are you doing here? And then he sees that you're bringing meat in, like, a bunch of dead animals, and he just lets, he lets you guys through. Like, he knows that if you're bringing a bear for food in, then let you guys through so he lets you through and you guys uh go down the cobblestone path you get some looks especially you gluzo you get some yeah. looks from the very few uh townspeople that are out and about which isn't a lot but you get some looks and uh you make your way back to the still water inn and uh from outside the door before you go in you hear uh lewis the bartender kind of not yelling or shouting but he's like a uh, raised voice. He's like arguing with somebody inside. Hmm. So I'd like to go in and see what's going on. All right, Zario, you open the door and uh, you guys all kind of walk in with your food, uh, with your uh, dead animals, which I would assume uh, Lewis gave you some knapsacks. They probably, they definitely weren't big enough to carry entire animals in. He, he might have thought that you would have you know, broken them up, but. You can at least use some of the rags to, like, make sure not a lot of blood just seeps into this tavern. And uh, you see Lewis uh, hunched over the bar. Like, he's on his side, and he's, like, looking down, and he's, like, yelling. He's like, you're too young to drink here. You don't have any parents. You don't have anyone here with you. And you're supposed to let me, and you expect me to let you have a room in my tavern. Who are you anyway? Who are your parents? Go to run off and play somewhere. And you see he's yelling at a little adolescent air genasi. He's got pale skin, blue hair, and he's like, and he's got a lilt. To, he's got like a pep to him. Like he doesn't even, he's not even phased that Lewis is like yelling at him to like get, you know, scram. He's like, well, I've got the gold. I've got the money. Why can't I have a room? 